0: Live your life within the moment, moment. And don't go wait until
1: the morning, morning. You never
0: know when it is over, over. All that I know. Is- Hello, happy Friday, everyone. Becca and Liz here, functional nutrition practitioners. Our show is dedicated for you to live healthier, happier, better. Break through the BS that has become our health and fitness world today. Mm-hmm. Um, as a reminder, guys, this podcast is purely educational. This is not medical advice. We must say that for our lawyers, right? For our lawyers, we have lawyers. We are we are professional. We have mm-hmm. lawyers. We have accountants. <laughs> they <laughs> they charge us lots of money. <laughs> we often share specific supplements or tools on here, not intended to be specific medical advice for you.
1: Yep, all depends upon what's going on with you, where you're at, your health history the medicines that you were on all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just want to give you guys that disclaimer as a reminder, because we share a lot of nutritional advice on here. Right. And we share a lot of the things that we do with our clients. Um, And for each of those individuals, it's very bio-individual what their protocols are. So hopefully you guys are also enjoying the new music, intro and outro. If you have um, not noticed, if you go back and listen to some of our older podcasts, we switched January of this year. We just kind of did it without telling anybody. I just told (laughs) Becca, I mean, we talked about it, but we didn't announce it to you guys. Um, But I told Becca, I was like, we need a new new sound, something more up. Beats, new vibes. We still believe in everything, you know, that we talked about in our previous intros. Like, we want to help you guys break through the BS um, and not have to do more cardio and eat another. What it was what was our old saying? It has a jingle to it. I know yeah. some of our it's like, I jingle to it. Do in the more car. cardio. No, carbs are bad just do more
0: cardio just do more cardio yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyways we are excited for 2023 and all the things that are to come uh, if you've not already heard in other episodes we have a new practitioner on the team Miss Lauren Freed so very very excited to bring her on she has already uh, onboarded a few clients uh, this month but Lauren specializes in pregnancy and postpartum as well as gut health hormones and hair and mineral analysis um, testing so really excited to have her part of the team. We have another one coming on board here in a couple of months as well. So our growth this year
0: is going to be huge. I'm speaking into existence. Manifestation, y'all. One thing that has to do with that growth though, is you helping us. And all we ask you guys, please share rate, subscribe the show. The more reach we get, the more people we can help, the more resources we can use, the more time we can dedicate, and mostly the more expert interviewers we can get on. Because Liz and I have big dreams. I want some big people on this podcast. And right now, they don't respond to my messages on Instagram. And so I need to share the show. well when so when we interview you know
1: big name people if you will uh you know they ask us you know what's your monthly downloads and you know definitely has uh grown over the years and we're ranking well but we need to rank in the top um and we spend a lot of time doing this podcast just transparently you know we have basically a whole day out of our week that's booked in for us just to do content and while we love it we love educating you guys um we also have a lot of clients to serve, and a lot of big visions for our company and projects. We need to also be working on. So, help us make this, you know, a success, um, so that we can keep bringing you the the information, right? Uh, the education and the love. So we have typically three formats for our podcast. If you guys are new to the podcast, you're typically going to hear Mondays be some sort of mindset uh, tip or that can be rolled up into Friday fires. That's what you're going to hear today. Um, a bit of tough love. Uh, and we do this from a place of love, but also we need to say the things that some people are unwilling to say. And, and we get so many messages of people who say like, man, I thought, felt like you were speaking to me or, you know, that was, um, uh, kind of a punch in the gut or a- awakening to me. And here's the thing. We live in a soft society and mm-hmm. we don't get better by staying stagnant. Um, what was I like telling Marcus last night on the way home? We were talking about the puzzles that came in the mail and that now we have a 500 piece puzzle. And he said, why mommy? I said, well, we've, conquered the 100 piece. So now we're moving to 300 and 500 because that's how you grow. You get better because you practice, right? And so that's... Our intent with Friday Fires, we do get um, spit fiery sometimes, but it's all in the name of love and helping you improve. We also do interviews. Uh, typically on Wednesdays, you might hear that. Um, and if we don't have an expert to bring on or somebody to interview, you're typically going to hear other educational, you know, topics around gut health, hormones, detox, fitness, nutrition. We roll Mom Life into basically all of our
0: podcasts because. That's who we are, um, moms and entrepreneurs. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I was actually trying to explain to Carson patience and investing hard work for things that you want. And so we were talking about he really is into bad guys, the movie Bad mm-hmm. Guys lately. Yeah, yeah. And so he wants like the bad guys stuffed animals. And
1: mm-hmm. I was like,
0: well, what are you going to do to work for them? And he was like, mama, I'll help you with laundry every day. Ooh. And I was like, well, I don't do laundry every day, even though it sometimes feels like I'm doing laundry every day. And no. Because I do not trust you folding clothes. But you can help me by being helpful in the morning, getting ready for daycare every day. Because that's where I need your help. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I need you to start getting yourself dressed. <laughs> well, he fights me every morning. He's like, I don't want to wear my uniform. They have to wear uniforms. Oh. So he has to wear a uniform to daycare um, as of this year that he, his new class that he started, like yeah. at the age he's at. Taylor doesn't. But um, Taylor would be a lot easier to put in a uniform than he is because he has opinions. Taylor's starting to get opinions. She yells at me when I don't pick out the shoes that she wants. Mm. She can't talk. So she just yells "Ah!" and points. And I'm and like, points. I don't know what you're pointing at. Yeah. Just points in random directions and yells. The <laughs> stories are the best when they,
1: you know, Marcus is obviously a little bit younger than Carson, but he tries to tell me stories and I'm like, I, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, that mm-hmm, last weekend.
0: Mm-hmm, that's
1: what we did last weekend. Yep.
0: Carson, he makes it zero sense sometimes. Yeah. I was like, do you want to call Detta on the way home from Baker yesterday? No. I was like, why? And he was like, he said something about Dada something him. Like, it made no sense. And I was like, I, I, I don't know what you're saying. I don't, what do you mean? And he was like, well, no, because, like, I already talked to Detta. And I was like, I, I'm not, I don't know how to continue this conversation right now, Carson. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what to do here. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, and he started trying, like, I thought he was out of the phase of not being able to pronounce words. Mm. and." fruit punch is a new word that he's tried to start saying yeah and he said boom punch or boom punch on the phone last night with nick and nick was like what and i was like i think he's trying to say fruit punch please don't correct him marcus is in a bro phase
1: Mm. so he'll be like thank you bro no bro yeah bro and i'm like i'm your mom and he's like and then he starts calling me by my first name he's like love you liz Carson does that that's not my name I was like I'm
0: not a bro he's like yeah you are bro (laughs) you just like saying the word bro last night Carson I have to tell this and then we'll get started apparently last night I fell asleep early because I was really tired but Carson Nick had to go lay with Carson and Carson Mm -hmm. was like dada why does mama get to sleep in your bed but not my bed and Nick was like well because I'm married to your mom Mm -hmm. and he goes I want to marry Olivia so she can sleep in my bed Olivia's his cousin by the way and Nick like no Carson that's gross please no (laughs) I was like, he doesn't understand. I just like love the conversations and thought processes that that they have. have. Well, if you guys are married, that means you get to be with me. Yeah. Yeah, we're in that phase,
1: too, because we've got this tent that is... It's going better, but the nighttime struggles, which Becca will share with Art, the nighttime struggles off air, (sighs) because it's not just Marcus, but he, like... Last night, for example, he fell asleep, but I was trying to sneak out and he woke up and it's because he puts his arms around my neck and he like squeezes <laughs> and I'm like, ch- he's like choking me because he doesn't want me to leave. He's like, no, don't go. No. It's so sweet. But I'm also like, you have to lay in your bed. So now I'm telling him like, would you like a brother or a sister? Because if that's the case, you're going to need to let mom sleep in her bed all night by herself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh. So anyways, we've gotten two nights now out of, I don't know, 30 or something. Not really. It's just been since Christmas. Um, just feels like way longer that he slept in the bed the whole night. So we're it's on the so up harsh. and up and he's getting cake pops. So for all of you guys out there, I just want to, you know, share this because it's on my conscience that this is not something that I would recommend, but it is something that we have done recently to try to help us through this transition. And that is you can have your eggs and your breakfast in the morning, your yogurt, whatever protein first,
0: but I'm more than happy to get you a cake pop on the way to school if that means You'll sleep through the That days. is called bribery, and it is a large part of parenting. Yes. It is for those of you that want to <laughs> judge us and shut us out there. Do you have to get your children somewhere on time, on a daily basis? Ooh. Because if you do not, you cannot have an argument in this fight. Mm-mm. Like it is, it is so hard. And my four year old does not want to wake up in the morning. Mm. Like 7 a.m. comes, I have to go wake him up. Poor Taylor just like screams and jumps on him this morning and like lays on him and laughs. And Carson's like, Taylor, stop. and I'm just like, This is awesome. <laughs> Anyways, okay. It's Friday, y'all. And that means fire. That means buckle up because we're about to spit some truth. And usually it's hard truth. And usually you don't want to hear it, but yet you always come back for more. So I think you actually do want to hear it <laughs> and you need to hear it.
1: And today is not even that spit fiery. today is all about fear. Um, and it's so ironic. So we are in a series at church around finding freedom and this past weekend was all about fear and worry and anxiety. And it just resonated so much with even a lot of the things that we talk about in terms of taking action, doing the hard things, doing things, you know, that you're passionate about, even when the unknown is so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we, we talk a lot on this podcast too, just about showing up for yourself and showing yourself that you can persevere through things that are really challenging. Yeah. Right. Um, and so anyway, so we had this sermon and I took all these notes and I brought it home and I was like, this is somehow going to be either a post or, you know, a podcast. And then now this trending reel, I'm going to post it later today. It talks about the Bible and what it says 365 times throughout the Bible is fear not, um, and so first I just want to understand or help you guys understand something about fear, um, and clarify that fear can actually be very helpful, mm-hmm. you know? So number one, it's totally normal. I think many of us have common fears, whether that is, you know, things that you are just thinking about day to day of, irrational thought that comes into your mind, right? Like you're driving you're like, Oh, what if I get in a car accident and you know, how do you we always talk about the ants; those automatic negative thoughts that you can't initially change, but you can change how you start to respond to them. And so, I have had some very crazy thoughts, um, and I have, you know, some things in here that Beck and I are going to share today, just about our personal journeys. But over time, as those thoughts have come in, and I've been able to respond better, or pray, or to stop and pause, or just you know hand it over to God, or you know just basically nip it in the butt and say, no, that's an irrational thought and recognize it and then move on, it becomes less and less. And so, you know, obviously there's things in life that we absolutely should be afraid of, right? Like we should be afraid. And we have these natural instincts in terms of like our survival fight or flight. If you're being chased by a tiger, right? You're camping in the woods and all of a sudden you see a bear, right? Or there's a rattlesnake that pops out. You're going to be afraid. Um, But then you have all of these natural instincts that kind of take over and your brain helps you in that moment, get into like that emergency escape mode and kind of takes over. And so this can be adrenaline, it can be cortisol, it can be all kinds of things. But what happens is that sometimes we let these fears become not just short term, that they're long term. And so it takes over us and it becomes paralyzing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's easier. We talk about this all the time. It's easier to stay in a poor situation that's keeping you stuck because it's comfortable than it is to get unstuck and be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to get somewhere better. And that is why so many people stay in a place where they never progress. They're always unhappy. They're never actually reaching their goals because that's what they know. It's easy. It's easy to sit on the couch and usually the things associated by that. That is why I believe in the devil. He has created things to keep us unhealthy, unhappy, unfulfilled, because all of the things that force you into that are easy things. It's easy to sit on the couch. It's easy to order a pizza. It's easy to have a glass of wine and let it, uh, and, you know, trick you into thinking that you're de-stressing or enjoying something that's actually poisoning your body. Like there's so many, all of these things are easier to do than go get uncomfortable in a workout or go get in a cold bath or a shower that's uncomfortable or cook food that is healthy for you, but it requires more effort than the frozen pizza. Like all of those things are uncomfortable. And so you choose to stay in an uncomfortable place because it's become comfortable for you. And that is the epitome of what is going wrong with our world today. And what is even more wrong is that our world and our society has made it okay to be there. They've actually, they've encouraged it, I would say. That's why you see fast food on every fricking corner. That's why you see overweight people talking about body positivity when they are actually unhealthy mm-hmm. there is there is research science that shows how adipose tissue and fat tissue is inflammatory to the body it is unhealthy for the body so we need to reality check on am i staying in this place because i'm unco- because uncomfortable has become comfortable mm-hmm.
1: and you're saying that i'm afraid to change you're saying that i'm you know Afraid of taking a leap of faith or investing in myself because you're afraid of the unknown, and ultimately, what fear is is a lack of control. So instead, you stay stuck with where you're at right now, and you do what's more comfortable and what you have control over, and that's the really scary place for a lot of people. And here's one thing that I do want to caveat before we kind of keep going with this is that we don't want to downplay traumatic fears, fears that you know maybe there are situations in your life that you know have been really traumatizing. It could be mental, emotional, physical abuse, things like that. And so of course you're chained to those fears of it happening again, or maybe you're in a relationship right now and you're afraid to leave because you don't know what might happen. And so we don't want to downplay that at all. We recognize those are really hard, challenging situations. And what I would say to that is, look to your faith, you know, turn to God. Um, if you're not a faith believer, get into a church, get to a, a therapist, something, but seek help and support to work through those things. But we just, we don't want to downplay those things, right? Um, what we're kind of talking about today is like the things that are intimidating to us, that are challenging, that are new, that may bring us a better life. They may bring us the growth that we desire. So for example, I think about this in terms of, you know, I'll just give an example of like I think when I was in college, uh how many times I probably went to the gym and drove away because I was afraid of looking like a fool because I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I didn't know what machines they had there. It was a new gym, new environment, whatever. And instead of, you know, going in and exploring, uh I decided ultimately to hire a personal trainer because I was so uncomfortable that I just I didn't want to, you know, I think all of us we don't want to be judged, we don't want to feel shame, we don't want to feel foolish, right? Especially if you're smart. So you could apply this to any area, um, whatever that is. Like maybe you want to learn how to cook better, but you want to start with YouTube first because you're afraid of going to a cooking class. Like you don't even know what a teaspoon, you know, equates to in grams or something along those lines, right? Just making something silly here. Maybe you're in school right now studying and you really want to study abroad, but you're afraid to go and leave your family or you're afraid of Irrational things that your mind just tells you, like these made-up stories. 97% of the fears that we have never actually come to fruition. Just a fun mm-hmm. little stat there for you. Um, but all of these situations are, are challenges, right? And people get so paralyzed because they let these thoughts spiral them into the worst-case scenario, mm-hmm. right? These irrational um, you know, thoughts that are intimidating,
0: absolutely. So yeah. Your thoughts create your life. Mm-hmm. That's, and guess who creates your thoughts? You do if you start to take control of them. Most people live as victims in their own life. They basically let life happen to them, and they let themselves be kind of reactors to their life versus taking control of your thoughts. It means intentionality. It me- I don't know if intentionality is a word. It's a thing. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a word. I think it's a word. But it means you have to take the horns. Like You have to be the one that's saying oh, this just happened and my initial reaction is I'm gonna go home and eat because I'm stressed or I'm going to be a failure in this or I'm lazy, I'm not good enough, I'm never worthy of this. Whatever your thoughts are, we all have them. You have to be the one that's like, screw that. That was my life. That was my story. I'm the one that gets to write my story. I'm the one that gets to be the inspiration in my own life. If I choose to be, it's always a choice. It is always a choice. Our life is a choice. I don't care if you get a diagnosis from a doctor. Go get a different one. Go find other avenues. Go find different routes. There is never a definitive, this is your life. This is what will happen to you because you are the one that gets to decide that. And so if you tell yourself, I'm going to be unhappy. This is just how things are. Bad things happen to me. How many, I know lots of people that are like that. Like, oh, you know, I just like, I'm an anomaly that nothing's worked for me. I've tried everything. I'm a lost cause. Yeah, They, they, they
1: use the language that's giving up on themselves before other people, you know, give up on them. Yeah. And it's hard because sometimes you can see the potential inside of other people more than they can see it in themselves. And again, when we're, we're bringing it back to kind of this topic today, it's, it's, It's a funny thing that happens when you have an opportunity to grow and develop. And, you know, maybe it's a new job, right? That you've been wanting to take, but that requires a massive change in your life. Maybe moving your family across the country or whatever it might be, you all of a sudden get scared. And a lot of that, like fear, is because you've been chasing these things that you desire for years and you kind of grew comfortable with the chase and now you have an answer. And so, what do you do? Well, if I you probably freak out and get paralyzed mm-hmm. because then you start thinking and your mind starts thinking, well, like, what if I actually succeed in this? Then what am I going to worry about? Like, we talk about this a lot in terms of like weight loss. What if you let go of the scale and you focus on how you felt every day and just being the healthiest version of you and that weight came off and you had confidence because you're showing up, you're doing the hard things, all these things, now you don't have that daily narrative and you've lost that part of yourself as I identify as somebody who is unhappy, uncomfortable, don't like what I see in the mirror, not confident, you know, tired all the time and all of these things that people want to change about themselves. When you actually do the things that you need to do to get to where you are your best version of you, you lose a piece of yourself in that. You, that's no longer your identity. And that's hard for people. And I think that's why a lot of people Stay stuck because they self sabotage, they hide, right? They create excuses around the timing. Oh, it's not the right time right now. I can't tell you Mm -hmm. how many times Mm -hmm. we've heard that over the years. Well, maybe after the holidays, maybe after this vacation, maybe after this, maybe after that. How many times have you said that? How many years have you gone thinking, I'm going to, this is going to be the year, this is going to be my year. I'm going to take that course. I'm going to do what I need to do for my health, right? I'm going to change. X, Y, or Z. I'm going to cut that person out of my life. I'm going to cut these toxic substances out of my life. How many years have you said that? If I had to guess, it's five or more. (coughs) If you're listening to this podcast and this is ringing the bell with you, evaluate that and ask yourself, what is it that I know deep in my soul or in my heart I am
0: made for, but I get paralyzed when the opportunity arises and I Mm self-sabotage? Or if you feel like you never have opportunities that come to you, evaluate that. Like, do you try to go find them? Do you try to purposefully take time to grow as a person? Like, I find the more I read, the more people I listen to that are like experts in fields or, you know, inspirational or anything like that, the more I flood my life with that, the more I find opportunities and new thoughts and creativity and all of that. Like, if you are just stuck in the, I wake up, You know, I go to my job, my job's kind of a dead end, but I'm there because it pays my bills and it gives me health insurance. And then I come home and I sit on the couch, make dinner, go to bed, repeat it all. And then the weekends I go out and eat things and drink things that are maybe not serving what I want and I'm stuck. Where in there are you adding to your life? Where in there are you working on you, developing your mind, developing your body, challenging things? That's what we're put on this earth for. We're put, and the Bible talks about this. You are here for purpose. You are here to fulfill. And the people that live the longest, the people that are happiest, have that in their life. And relationships and connection. Relationships, connection, good food. The people that live the longest, and like, and I was listening to something this morning talking about it. Like the people that live in Costa Rica is one of the locations. There's a couple of locations that have like the long, like people that live to 100 and beyond regularly. And it talks about they have fulfillment they have daily movement they have days of enjoying wine with friends like there's relationships and happiness there and they eat not overeat mm-hmm. they eat good foods not in too large of quantities those are some of the greatest qualities of the happiest and most fulfilled people on life and that is i feel like the opposite of what is the united states
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's and like we wonder why we're full of unhappy depressed anxiety chronic disease. Like, look at what our society is. You have to go out and change that. It is not going to just land on your front door. You, you have to be the proactive one. And that's hard. We get that. But if you just sit there and hope that it's going to happen, let me be the one to tell you, it ain't. Yeah. And things will probably get worse you'll mm-hmm. get stuck in that loop and that monotonous
1: routine and this is where I think a lot of depression and anxiety and isolation sets in for a lot of people because they're never seeking new opportunities whether that is to engage with other individuals maybe it's you know a meet meetup um there's some things online I I think it's actually called meetup.com or something. I don't know. But, you know, where you're getting out into community. Let's say you're doing like recreational volleyball or you're joining a Bible study or, you know, you're doing cooking classes or you're taking things that, you know, align with some of your passions, but also meeting new people at the same time. I think that's really important. We saw depression and anxiety rates skyrocket through COVID. Why do you think that was? Because everybody's locked into their house. Like I remember feeling I'm an extrovert, like I'm an introvert more these days than I have been, but. I very much like traveling, being with other people. If, ask my husband, if we go like to an all inclusive stuff somewhere, we always end up meeting people and having dinner with them and talking to them because I love learning about people and learning their stories and about their life. And we got shut out of all of those things. Right. And so, you know, again, when we think about what are we afraid of, I'm going to challenge you guys to think of this as an opportunity rather than just letting it paralyze you. And then you miss out on so many opportunities. So fear can be both very real, but it can be an opportunity for you to grow. And I think it's important to clarify the difference here between like fear and worry and anxiety. And this is something that our pastor brought up and I thought it was really good in terms of how we think about these things because these words are often used interchangeably, but they are different. So fear is being afraid of something. So this is like specific, right? Like I'm afraid of getting into a car accident. I'm afraid of spiders, Whatever. <laughs> I'm um, afraid of spiders. <laughs> me too. Uh, I'm actually afraid of mice. I don't know. They scare me. Uh, but worry is that you are worried about something. This could be more generalized. So you could be, you know, worry about the state of the world. You could be uh, worried about friends or family or neighbor or whatever. It's just more generalized things that you're worrying about. Um, and then anxiety is that. You're stuck in this cycle of fear and worry, fear and worry, fear and worry. It just repeats. So again, the problem isn't that we have these fear thoughts or these short-term fears, because again, they're always going to occur. But how are you going to respond? Are you responding by flipping the switch and reframing it, or are you spiraling it into the worst case scenario? Because here's where the issue arises, and that is this long-term imagination and irrational thoughts that, again, ultimately keep you stuck. They paralyze you into inaction. So, you know, Beck and I, we've both been through some pretty traumatic things in our life. I would say, you know, the loss of the baby, Mm -hmm. 22 weeks for you, me with my mom and ALS. I just recently learned that I guess my great grandfather also had ALS. So there can be fear here of like, is this genetic? My mom passed from it. My aunt passed from it. Now my great grandpa, I'm learning all these things. One of my other aunts has um, a different type of similar uh, disease, but not as Deathly, if you will. Um, And so I can be afraid of these things, but I can't live my life letting that paralyze me, you know, because at the end of the day, it's ultimately in God's hand. The future is what I cannot control, but what I can control is how I treat my body, how I show up, how I nourish my relationships day to day in whatever time it is that we have here on this earth. So we just want to encourage you guys today like, whatever it is that you know in your heart that you are letting hold you back because of what you're bucketing under fear or worry or the what-ifs. Like, what if I invest $1,000 and I get no ROI? There's nothing in return. Well, I bet you whatever you invested that $1,000 in, like if it was a good investment, it was a smart investment, maybe it's a coach or maybe it's a program or hopefully you know, you're working with a financial advisor if you're investing you know, large lumps of money. But either way, you would learn from that situation. You would learn, did it work? Did it not work? What did I like about this? What did I, didn't I like about this? Back, and I've talked about this before in terms of business coaches and mentors mm-hmm. that we've had, personal coaches that we've worked with, personal practitioners, personal doctors that we've worked with. We all learn something from every one of those situations, right? And so I learned either what helped me grow or what wasn't for me. And I can put that aside into a bucket of, you know, feedback and just things that, you know, aren't my jam or didn't work for us. Yep. And then the next person that we worked with, we sought. Them out in a different manner, and they taught us something different, and we took new leaps, you know, in terms of our financial investment and faith. And at the end of the day, we learned something from all of those things because we've had many failures, we've had many roadblocks, we've had many things, uh, you know, throughout the growth of Fit Mom that, you know, we we learned ultimately. Yeah, I would call them, you know, more so like lessons and things that we've now developed into. This is where we really want to solidify our message. And yeah. we couldn't have ever gotten to this place if we had not taken those leaps of faith and, and overcome some of... I mean, you can talk a little bit about when we first
0: met, like, your fears of even just oh, yeah. hiring a business coach. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I am the... I used to have a very, very high level of anxiety around, like, unknowns and stability, basically, with the job. Because I I was fearful of me being in control of my my you know, salary and what I make and being able to pay for things and all of that and putting stress on my marriage and all, you know, finances were a huge thing and still are to me. Um, but I was coming from a very stable salary. I worked at Allstate, they had great benefits. I was making the same thing every paycheck and going to, you know, a, a place of I I looked into becoming a registered dietitian because I was like, that's stable. There's always a job, right? Like I can be hired by someone by having that credential. But it wasn't the path that I want. Like, I don't believe in that path. I I believe in functional medicine. I believe in holistic pathways of healing and understanding the body as a whole. And I'm not saying that there aren't great registered dietitians out there, but like that, I I didn't want to invest so much of my life and money into a route that like I didn't fully believe in. And it was terrifying. Like the the monetary of what we invested in a health, uh, or I'm sorry, in a um, business coach, was, like, Liz and I really battled over it. And it w- it came to the point of, like, Liz and me potentially, like, sep- going our de- separate ways, basically. Um, and, you know, I took the leap of faith, and it was a huge learning experience. It forced us to be able to, you know, challenge our- – it was someone to challenge us, which is why we believe in coaching so much. Like, even though it wasn't what worked out in the end, and it wasn't maybe, like, what we wanted to get out of it, it still pushed us to do things we wouldn't have done.
1: Absolutely. And definitely we walked away from that with knowing this is a very clear vision of what we want and what we don't want. And I think that you can't put a price on that either because, you know, a lot of us spend so many times like kind of toying or just unknown and and maybe we don't ever have a very clear vision. Like I think some people are very good with like pinpointing, this is what I want and that's my eyes on the prize. And I think for us, it took some time to really put that into you know, words and, mm-hmm. and get behind together. And so there was still a lot of lessons inside of that. And from a financial perspective, you know, we made our money back, if you will. Oh yeah. Uh, but we probably wouldn't have achieved the level of growth that we did had we not taken that leap of faith. And so sometimes all you see in front of you is let's say the price tag or the actions that you're going to have to take or the things that you're going to have to change or the things that you you know, you're going to have to implement or do and all of those things. <laughs> scare you because ultimately you're losing that control. And at the root of all fear is control. I want control, but I lose it if I take this leap of faith. Totally, Then I lack control, so therefore I'm fearful. And then again, it's like another loop here that just kind of keeps spiraling. And so just again, thinking about all of these normal things as human beings that we fear day to day. I mean, there's tons of fears out there, Right. Look at those things as opportunity. Take them and br- embrace this in terms of facing something head on. If you know in your gut that it's the wrong thing to do, run far away from it. Yeah. But also there's a power in that saying, follow your gut. <laughs> We've had a lot of conversations uh, with some close friends recently about some big changes they're making in their life. And it's always comes down to what does your gut instinct tell you? Mm-hmm. What does your heart tell you? Yes, pray on it. Think on it. All those things are definitely really good, but follow your gut. And if it's something that you're absolutely like, no, my God's telling me not to do this, then the answer is no. And that's a complete sentence. But if it's something that you're just teetering because you're nervous, sometimes you are on the brink of that next big breakthrough if you can push through those um, feelings and overcome that. And so we're going to give you five simple ways here as we start to wrap up just how to move past fear. And number one is that what I just mentioned. It's okay to be
0: nervous. It's good. It's good. I would say it's a good thing to be nervous. You know, you're doing something that's going to push you. That's going to challenge you. It's not, it's not like nervousness doesn't necessarily have to be fear. They can be different emotions. Excitement. Even. Exc- and that's what I, I talked to a lot of people about like, okay, what I'm asking of you in terms of changes of lifestyle, diet, fitness, whatever it is, instead of looking at it with fear of like, what if this doesn't work? Look at it with excitement. Like, I'm going to do something different. I'm actually kind of excited about this. Like, this could be a really good thing for me. And when you look at it in a different way, I promise you, you will get a different outcome Mm -hmm. because of the perspective you have around it. There is power behind that of how you look at things and your perspective on life. So Seth Godin, I think, has a great metaphor like for marathon runners – Even the best runners in the world get tired when they run a marathon. It's not optional. But successful marathon runners are willing to accept and endure the fatigue to accomplish their goal of running a marathon. Same with every opportunity. This is what I've been trying to explain to my four-year-old. I don't know why he doesn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) i have tried to explain to him that you have to invest hard work to get things that you want. It's how the world works. You have to work for it nothing is going to be given to you. Nothing is guaranteed. Even with the hard work, nothing is guaranteed. But guess what? You're going to be a lot happier because you're going to be proud of yourself for putting in the effort that you maybe was, you know, you were shying away from or you were fearful around doing.
1: Yeah. You know, and I I want to just correlate this to, so maybe you're somebody who's working through a gut healing protocol or you're in a place where the body is just really overtaxed and just really stressed. And, you want immediate relief from symptoms, right? We want that for all of our clients. Uh, We want that for everybody. We wish it was super simple and super fast, but sometimes it is like running a marathon. You know, we always talk about, we start with the gut and... (laughs) I was chatting with one of our um, clients, and you know, she's been working on her gut healing protocol. A lot of things have improved, but she just still wants to see, you know, some weight loss. And we've got some other layers of the onion to peel back, and it's really hard sometimes to hear in a healing journey that it can be nine months, twelve months. You know, we're looking at years of stress on the body behind us, along with other medications and all kinds of things for different individuals. Right? This is going to be at different levels. But if you can shift into thinking positively, you know, like Becca is saying here, even if it's a year that you have to give you know, your body time to heal and restore and recover so that you can get to where you want to be, your alternative is kind of going backwards opposite, right? Health continuing to deteriorate, things continuing to get worse. Maybe weight continues to pile on. And so that's not the fun side of what we do. I'll be honest with you. Um, but it is important, uh, for you guys all to understand because it's so powerful in a journey, no matter if it's weight loss journey, gut healing journey, hormones, whatever it is that you're battling, even just a journey to learn something new, to have a positive outlook on it. Otherwise you are not going to get the most out of whatever that journey is. Um, you know. So, anyways, yeah. that brings us to number two: is that the alternative is scarier, right? If you focus on how scared you are by the opportunity opportunity at hand, you tend to forget what the alternative is. What if I don't? Right? You're asking yourself maybe a monetary or a um, quantitative measure in terms of time. I have to invest X amount of money, or I have to spend X amount of time, and you let those things add more stress to your life instead of thinking, what if I don't do this? How could things change if I did read 10 pages a day? What would happen at the end of an entire year? How many books would I have read? How much more knowledge would I have gained? How much would I be thinking differently? And so I want you to think about passing up on our opportunities because that may calm your fear or that nervous you know, anxiety um, feeling that you have. And just remember
0: that there's nothing scarier than ultimately missing out on an opportunity. I think that that is the number one thing when you ask people on their deathbed. I think they've done studies Mm -hmm. around this. The number one thing that when you ask someone on their deathbed what they regret the most, and it's like not taking more chances, not Mm -hmm. doing more. Risking. Not risking more things and like living too comfortable of a life. That is like the number one thing that is said. Taking the trip. Yep. Yep. Doing the the things. That's mm -hmm. why like I, you know, I vacations are scary because it's a lot of money invested. Um, at least that's how I look at them. It's like, God, like we just got a day and a half for Disney. We're going to Florida in a couple weeks. And it was like, passes to Disney. I, no wonder they make so much money. Like it is, I think we spent a thousand dollars for like two days and Taylor, you don't even pay one, pay for one. So three people, a thousand dollars for two days. Like, well, they also the just raise the prices. Right. Their yeah, I know. Well, um, but the experience and I was like, yeah. you know what? He's going to remember this forever. And I remember those experiences mm-hmm. as a kid forever. So that don't, don't have regrets in life. Yep. Only regret things that you, you know, maybe were, took too much of a risk on. And you're like, eh, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. But I learned from it, right? <laughs> so and the next thing that brings me to the next one, like every opportunity can be undone. When an opportunity scares us, it's typically because we fear we'll make a mistake, screw up our work, our career, our life. Like, but most opportunities don't represent life or death situations. And that's the bottom line. Like if an opportunity doesn't work out, you guys, it doesn't kill you. It's just a temporary setback, usually a learning experience. And ones that are really big, you know, the people that are the most successful, they're usually the people that the most shits happen to Mm -hmm. because they've learned the biggest lessons that have allowed them to propel. And that, I believe, is a law of the universe. Like the more you get set back, the further you're going to propel forward from Mm -hmm. it and the further you're going to leap beyond what you were at a baseline at because of those lessons that you learned. Like every hard lesson I've learned in life has taught me something amazing. Mm -hmm. And I don't regret any of those. It's like one step backward to take two steps forward, Mm -hmm. right? Or whatever the
1: saying is, two steps forward, one step back, whatever. I don't know anyone who has accomplished anything great that didn't have multiple, not just like one or two failures or setbacks or roadblocks or uh, multiples. And it's their perseverance and their dedication and their discipline that allows them to continue to push forward and to continue to grow and say, okay, hey, this didn't work, let's pivot. So just got to bring a little Kelly Clarkson in here. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger because we had to just, when you said that, I'm like, I got to bring my girl. I got to
0: give her some credit. Liz loves Kelly Clarkson. I do. Um,
1: Art put a picture up. Uh, it was a caption of me uh, from the podcast and then a picture of her. And actually in high school, I had my hair done just like her. I yeah. had the red, the blonde, the brown, And then
0: just my natural color. So it was four colors in total. Looked a lot like her. But, anyways, moving on. I tried Um, to look like Jennifer Aniston, but my face structure is definitely not like Jennifer Aniston. So the haircut just didn't work out.
1: (laughs) There's a girl, I forget what show it's from, that everybody tells me that I look like. And she's way prettier, I think, than Kelly Clarkson, even.
0: I can't think of who it is. That's a nice compliment. It's a nice compliment. I I wish I could have doppelgangers. Yeah. There's no one that I like other than my daughter. My daughter is my identical twin. Yeah. She's so
1: cute. She's a chubby cheek. So anyways, all right. Number four, remember that nothing is ever guaranteed. So a lot of us are good at convincing ourselves that opportunities are too risky.
0: So true. Preach literally.
1: So whatever it might be, you know, I, I think about, and I'll, I'll share this way back uh, in the day when I was looking at colleges um, I had University of Illinois, Illinois State, or Edwardsville, S I U E. And basically my dad would not allow me to go to U of I because he said you're gonna be a number, just a number in the classroom, like because their classes are so big, right? Once you get into like your special yeah. tea, um, you know, courses and whatnot, that's not the case. But compared to Illinois State, from a business school perspective, still much bigger classes. Like, I want you to go to Illinois State. And I was like, Okay. And For some reason that like really scared me. I don't know why. I think maybe because my brother went there, my sister went there, got their masters there, and whatever. And I was like, you know what? I get it, Dad. And it also is going to save a lot of money from you know U of I and whatnot. So I went to Illinois State, and honestly, it was the best decision I think I've ever made because not only did I graduate with honors from there, but also I had so many opportunities that arose there that I would not even probably ever had at U of I uh, or even imagined. And so I think when we look at these things and we're like, yeah, but, 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 but U of I is just like that, you know, for me, I was all about, I want the big school. I want the big name degree. I want all those Uh things. And I wasn't thinking in terms of all of these other things that nothing is guaranteed, right? And, And that's what we're kind of getting at here. And maybe this is not really making sense, but in my mind, I'm thinking like there was no guarantee either way what would end up happening. It was only up to me to show up and put my best foot forward and pursue the opportunity that was in front of me. And then that led to me studying abroad and doing all kinds of things, uh, traveling and backpacking Europe and all these scholarships. And so it was awesome. But I would have missed out on that opportunity had I just thought, well, I'm in Illinois
0: State. Might as well just ride it out here. It's not U of I, so I don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you took advantage of it. But also like talk to anyone successful, greatly successful. They will tell you none of your hard work is guaranteeing anything. True. True. But don't stop doing it. Mm-hmm. That's going to always be the message. Because if you don't do it, you work. Here's the one guarantee you will have. If you don't try, you're not going to get anything. And that alone, to me, is enough to want to try for something. because again, what's the saying? Reach for the stars, you'll land on the moon, right? Mm-hmm. Reach for the moon, you'll land on the star. One of those. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I hate those stupid sayings. I, I, don't, know. I never know how to say it. I'm
1: though. really bad at metaphors, and then I hear them on another podcast. I'm like, boom, that was such a great one. I'm going
0: to remember it. Register it in my mind. Ten minutes later, don't remember what it was. I butcher it so bad. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying. Like you will, com- You will accomplish something if you reach for it. It may not be what you're reaching for, but it's going to be better than if you did nothing. And the only guarantee is if you do nothing that you will not get anything. And so... Don't you, want to li- don't you want something in life? Like, come on, don't. Or I don't at least know. the
1: gratification of, and satisfaction and empowerment that you get, like the dopamine high that you get that you did the damn thing. Yes. You showed up, you read the book, you went to the class, whatever it is, like you learned something new. You shared something with someone, you know? You mm-hmm. gave a compliment. Oh my gosh, like that's so gratifying. Yes. So if you're not doing anything, if you're just sitting at home at nighttime, you're going through like the monotonous routine of what I think many people are in. They wake up, they rush out the door to work. They're crabby with their kids because they didn't get up early enough to have time for themselves. They get their kids to school, whatever. Oh, thank God! Now I can get my sugar-filled Starbucks latte and the donut to follow. And then I get to work, and now I'm tired. It's ten o'clock. I can't wait for lunch.
0: I can get fast food that'll make me happy.
1: Yeah, or go out with your coworkers or whatever that is. Then you get home. Okay, you got the kids stuff, all that stuff. Sit down, watch Netflix, pour yourself a glass of wine, eat a bunch of chocolate, go to bed. You know, late. Later than you should, Wake so then up, again, feeling bloated. Now you're upset. Yeah, it's, so you, just- <laughs> it's like this just hamster wheel that you're on, and you don't love it. And so again, going back to Becca's point earlier, is what good are you doing? What good are you doing also to fill your cup up, to do things that bring you joy, to push you out of your comfort zone, to laugh, to play, to have fun, to de stress, to calm down. Absolutely. That's one big thing I'm really trying to focus on with 75 heart is calming down. Yep. So now I'm into puzzles. But anyways, <sighs> um, you know what we're saying here is you've got to change things, even when it's scary and even when you are afraid. And the last thing here is ask yourself, and this is a really powerful one, is it fear of failure? Really, is it fear of failure? Or is it fear of success? Because what if you succeed? What
0: if your business blows up beyond your wildest imagination? And now you gotta deal with the haters and you gotta deal with the people that don't agree with what you're saying. Or now you have to keep up the healthy body that you've accomplished. Now you have to continue to make the hard decisions, to keep the diet on point, to keep the exercise consistent. Like now you have to keep spending the money maybe, on coaches that are going to help you grow. Like, yes, all of those things you can look at as negative. I look at as, now I, I'm leveling up. I've reached mm-hmm. the next level. You know, Mario, the, the video game, I've reached that next level. Now I get to play a harder game because I've, I've, I've earned it. Mm-hmm. That is how I look at it. That's how, I, that's how I have shifted my perspective to look at any challenge that comes my way. I think this is my test. This mm-hmm. is something that I have been given in my life that came to me to show me that I can do it, that show me that I can learn from it. Tests always come at the most inconvenient times, the worst times.
1: So I always kind of, my analogy is okay, let's say you buy a white car, all of a sudden you see white cars everywhere. I feel like the moment that you say, I'm not going to, what's say eat chocolate. You all of a sudden are surrounded by more chocolate than you've ever been in your whole uh, life. And uh. you see it everywhere. And it's so like temptations are all around you or you decide, for example, I'm going to start a new exercise routine and then boom, your kids get sick. Ugh. Okay. Now I got to pivot. Now I got to adjust. How am I going to get this in? But you learn and you grow through those times, and I actually prefer when people are in really challenging times to start implementing changes, because when it comes time where maybe it's you know not as stressful or as challenging, because life is always going to be challenging and stressful. Um, it's a little calmer let's say, then you get to level up even more because you've already done some hard, you've already made some hard changes in the high stress times. And the reason I like that too, is because you really show yourself what you're capable of when you make changes during those times. And when you have that season again, you're like, ah, piece of cake, I got this, right? People always ask like, how would you and Becca, you know, do all the things when you're super stressed or you're really busy and things like that. And it's because it's part of our identity guys. It's not just our career, but this is who we are. The boundaries that we put in place, the things that make me feel good. I want to go to the gym. I want to do my outdoor walks. I feel better for it. I feel like I'm more patient. I feel like I'm more creative. I just feel better overall. And that's really what it's about is Uh how you feel. It's not about a number on the scale. It's not about a number in your bank account. It's ultimately, how do you feel about yourself? You gaining confidence and doing things that serve you is what's going to get you to where you want to be long-term. And so I think, you know, when we think about fear of success, one thing that I read this week, and I think it's so true is that success changes your lives more than failure. And so it can be scary. As we mentioned earlier, is like, maybe you've always identified as a person who's overweight and you've always struggled. Like back and I both as kids, man, I think I should. I was fat. I was huge. I mean, <laughs> my husband is laughing in the background. We cleaned out my office when we redid my office, and I found all of these pictures. And I was just looking at myself, like, "Oh my god, what what was going on here?" I mean, I had prednisone, methotrexate, and some things, but like, I was just legit, eating all the food. That's how I got there.
0: I think I was like a size sixteen women's. Like oh, I was place. yeah, and like, and here's the thing, like, in my. One of my friends was like, "But you were like a cute fat girl," and I was like, "Doesn't matter." It was not. I was not healthy. I wasn't happy. It's not even about being fat or not, guys. Like that's not what we're getting at. We're getting at I was really unhappy. Mm -hmm. I was very unhappy. I was using food to cope with it. I was using it as like I joked about it too. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the big friend. Mm -hmm. How how do you like being that? Mm -hmm. That's not fun. Like Mm -hmm. and I just and the funny thing is I played all the sports. I was not not active. But it became like people would bet me how much food I could eat. That's who, that's who, like, that's the person I was. They would do like those marshmallow eating contests where you like, it would be like, so you want to hear how far <laughs> back this goes? I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard In it. In
0: second grade, we had McDonald's Day, mm-hmm. and all of the kids gave me their cheeseburgers to see how many I could eat.
1: Oh my gosh. I think
0: I ate like 11 McDonald's cheeseburgers as a second grader. And I was so proud of myself. And I went home and I told my dad, and my dad goes back and that's disgusting. And that is the perfect epitome of what my father is to me. He has always been like, he pushes me. And he's yeah. al- like, he's been like that hardcore coach type figure yeah. in my life, which I, I'm so grateful for now. Like yeah. back then I was like crying. I was like, I was so proud of myself. And my dad's like, that's disgusting. But that is- Did that- you get sick? I don't think so. You know what I did get sick from? In Allstate, when I worked at Allstate, we did a food eating contest. And for whatever reason, I think it was because one of the girls in it was having a wedding in like a month. They made the girls eat vegetables, Ugh. raw vegetables. And you could pick your dipping sauce. And so I picked ranch. And the weight of the ranch and the raw vegetables was what like they based the winning off of. So did you just I eat, like, like spoonfuls d- d- of ranch? I basically was drinking ranch dressing oh and eating raw cauliflower, broccoli, and carrots. Do you know how bad I hurt the rest of that day from all the fiber? That like insoluble fight? like I was wrecked. Oh my God. I, si- I had to go home sick from that day. I won of because course. I'm a winner, but yeah. like <laughs> I had to go home sick. <laughs> I won because I'm
1: a winner. Oh, but yeah, great.
0: that's yeah. what, that is my, I, I have identified as like, the girl that can eat a lot for so much of my life and made it a joke and hid behind it. And I was so unhappy. It was not about being fat or not fat. That's not what this is about. It was because I was unhappy and I was living in that identity because that's what was comfortable. I was known as that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's why a lot of people don't change, right? It's because (laughs) we're afraid of what are we going to lose? And we forget to think about what are we going to gain? Who am I going to become? You know, there's a great quote. I forget who it's by, but you can Google it and see it everywhere. And it talks about, you know, maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming, but it's about unbecoming Mm -hmm. who you are so that you can step into who you want to be and have your heart's desires fulfilled. And so just remember guys, that change is not bad. Even when you feel this nervousness, you know, utilize those emotions to propel you forward because success rarely leads us to a worse place than we are right now. So whatever it is that you are, fearing maybe there's new opportunities on the horizon or things that you've set massive goals for in 2023, view these as opportunities. And I hope that this will help somebody today start taking action, take a leap of faith. And as always, if you've not done so, please rate, review, and share the podcast so that we can help others around the world. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll be back on Monday.